hope you're all well. I'm really excited to be able to share with you this morning and talk about prayer and fasting as we go into a week of prayer and fasting. And some of you may be sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm just going to skip that one. Or you may be thinking, I don't even know what that means and what I need to do and what is prayer and fasting all about. Hopefully this will help you a little bit. Some of you, you may be sitting there and it's a little bit like teaching grandma to suck eggs. But ultimately, there's always a different sort of egg we can suck. So hopefully there's something here for everybody. So this year, for those of you who've been with us online and been with us in the building when we've been here, this year we're looking at standing, standing with Jesus, standing together, the different ways that we can stand And as we go into this week of prayer and fasting, we're looking about standing in prayer and fasting. And the theme for the prayer and fasting is the armour of God. And when you read the scripture in Ephesians about the armour of God, it talks about standing firm then, standing as you pray and as you believe for things. And that's what I want to inspire you and inspire us and inspire myself really to do this week, that we stand in those things that we're believing for and praying for and hoping for and wishing for and wondering for and thinking, does God really exist? Can I ask him for this? But hopefully, as we stand together in prayer this week, we will see breakthrough, we will see new things come, and we will see God work in power in our lives and a new level of intimacy come as well. So I'm not going to read the whole of the Ephesian scripture. We're really privileged this week if you join us on social media and if you sign up for our emails to be able to get um, some devotions each day where we'll be looking at a different piece of the armour of God and different people are doing those devotions for us. So look out for those and there'll be some more detail about what we're praying into. I just need to catch my breath. Hold on. I'm too excited. So I just want to read a a couple of small snippets from the Ephesians scripture. Ephesians 6, verse 13 from the NIV. It says, Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, verse 14 goes on to say, stand firm then. And then it lists the armour of God. If we read it in the Amplified Version, the same, the same chapter and verse, it says this. Therefore, put on the complete armour of God so that you, will be able to, that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger. I'm sure some of you have had an evil day of danger this last week. I just have to get in the car with myself and it's an evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. I don't know about you, but I want in my life a bit of immovability and a bit of victory as well. And so often it can be difficult and we don't always see those things. You know, we can say, well, you know, I I do keep praying and I keep praying and I keep praying. Stand firm then. You may be standing there and saying, I've had some great answers to prayer this week, this year. Stand firm then. You may be like, well, you know, I've tried. I just, I give up with prayer. No, stand firm then. You may be saying, well, I, 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 I can feel the breakthroughs coming. There's change coming. Stand firm then. You may be saying, I'll keep believing. I really do. Stand firm then. 
So no matter where you find yourself on your prayer journey with the things that are going on in your life, stand firm then. This week, stand firm then. You know, prayer can be really easy some days. We can have seasons where we just want to pray to God all the time and we have no understanding of anybody who's struggling with it. And then other times, prayer can be like treading through treacle. And it's just like, I would rather think about everything else and it just comes in my mind and I've got no time for it, I've got no desire for it, and does God even exist? And it can be really difficult. Yet no matter which season you find yourself in, because let me tell you, there are seasons. They do come and go. Don't fear that you'll always be stuck in a difficult season of prayer. And don't be misguided to think that you'll always be, oh, praise the Lord, because it doesn't always work like that. Prayer can be difficult and easy. But regardless, stand firm then. And it's about relationship at the end of the day. It's about relationship with God. And we can all come on a Sunday and enjoy the excitement of being together and praising God and that warm, tickly feeling that we sometimes get. But yet, when we get to it, on the day-to-day, we've got to work and build on that relationship. I've been to my cousin's wedding this last week. It was the fourth time they've attempted to get married due to COVID, not because they kept changing their minds. And it was wonderful to be able to go and to celebrate with them. And everyone was excited. And everyone was saying how wonderful the bride looked. And everyone was saying how fantastic they were and how in love they were. But I'm sure at some point in the course of the next 12 months, the bride won't look wonderful. And the groom won't be just... Because it happens. And so, with our relationship with God, we have to work on it. It's not just the joy of, a, of that wedding day, that, oh, it's just so wonderful, this relationship. But it's that day-to-day, those lovely morning greetings that we give each other, that we have to work through and keep going. Good morning, darling. <laughs> Brush your teeth first, please. Yes, one of our core values as a church is kindness. I am working on it. (laughs) Well, that's not very kind either, is it? Sorry, excuse me while me and my husband have a spat. Can I carry on and try and teach people some nice things about God instead of them listening to us argue? As you can see, my point is proven. It's about relationship. It's about putting that time in with God, trying to talk to God. On days, let's be honest, where you cross with God because things have gone on and you think, why have you allowed this to happen, God? God, are you there? And you think, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm just too busy. It's about making sure you put that time in on the good days and on the difficult days too. And this is the perfect week to start fresh and to start again. Let me read to you from Ephesians 6, 18 from the NIV. It says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. Now the disciples said to Jesus, oh God, teach us to pray. So I don't know about you, but I think we need to be saying the same prayer. Oh God, teach us how to pray. And Ephesians Paul says, pray with all kinds of prayers and all kinds of requests. And so this morning, I want to take you on a little bit of a whistle-top 
stop tour that I can't even say through different prayers that we can use for different seasons. And the point and reason that I'm doing this is this. Thank you, Paul. What? Go on then, yeah. Now, I had to ask someone what this was this morning. Anyone? What sort of ball? It's a basketball. It bounces. It would have been difficult if it hadn't. Can I have another one? I'm not even going to try and bounce this. Yeah, put it under. No, don't throw it at me. Come on, I've got a lot to get through. (laughs) Rugby ball. If you're online, type it in the chat. It's a rugby ball. I have to borrow this one. I promise it will come back. Next. I'm going to try. Ball. Me and Olivia stole this when we were on holiday once walking past a golf course, didn't we, Olivia? Don't know where you are, you're hiding. Tennis ball. If our dog gets hold of one of these, it will die a death. Oh my goodness, come on then. Can we have the proper terminology, please, people? Table tennis ball. You may be thinking, why is Sarah standing on the stage trying to hold lots of different balls? Well, the answer is something that happened last night. Anyone? Tennis. Tennis. Now, if when they started their tennis match, they were greeted with this, it would have been a very different sort of tennis match. Or if they were greeted with this, I don't think the game would have lasted very long because I think on the first hit, the table tennis ball would have died a death. I'm not quite sure what would have happened if they'd have been greeted with that one. They might have got a few good hits with this one, but I think it would have been pretty tricky and they'd have been worn out before they got to the end of the first game. But they used this one because they were playing tennis. So... When we're praying for certain things and in certain situations, surely in the same way, we should use the correct prayers for the correct times. Not that any prayer is wrong or incorrect, but sometimes we can be a bit more intentional with how we pray and what we pray and the types of prayer we use so that we get a better game. I've got something else in there as well that's not a ball. Oh, there you go. Does anyone know what this is? It's a butter knife. It's Paul's nan's butter knife that we stole all of them from a house when she passed away. No, after she, when she passed away, we stole them all because there is nothing better than a butter knife for buttering with. Now, as you know, in the same way as balls, there are lots of different knives for lots of different things. And if somebody in here is a chef, I'm sure you'd like to tell me what they all are. But I haven't got a clue, and I'm sure I use the wrong ones for lots of things that I do. Apart from when I put the butter on anything. Now, when we went on holiday recently, we stayed in a little end terrace, and they had no butter knives which Olivia decided to point out to me when she was attempting to butter things. These knives are no good for buttering. You need a proper butter knife. But that is because she knows the benefit of a butter knife. If you've never used a butter knife, 
I'd like to say I'd give it to you, but I really don't want to. <laughs> Come and see me after and I might be kind. Don't throw it. Please put it in your bag, health and safety and all. You will never know again what it is once you have used a butter knife. But it works better. And Olivia knew this because she'd used the butter knife. Sometimes we just go, oh God, help, or oh God, whatever. But if we don't discover the different types of prayer we can use, we never know the benefit of making use for them for the right occasion. So that's the point of what I'm about to do. Took long enough to explain, didn't it? Okay, so first one. The first thing that I want to say to you is this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. You know, when we look at Jesus and how he prayed, and that's what I'm going to try and do, and there's many, 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 many more different sorts of prayer that you can look at and find out about that I'm not going to mention this morning. So this list is not all of them, but I've just picked a few that I hope will be helpful for you this next week. Jesus knew what it was to take some quiet time. Jesus knew what it was to meditate. Some of you might not like that word. Jesus knew what it was to turn his eyes upon his Father in heaven, to be still, to reflect. You know, why don't we like to meditate? Why don't we like to be still and reflect? Sometimes because we've got a wrong view of what meditation is. We think it's some Middle Eastern weird thing. Sometimes because we're scared of the silence and who we are and what we find in that place. Sometimes because we say, well, I haven't got the time. I haven't got the time, be quiet. Sometimes it's just, that's not my personal preference. I just don't enjoy that. But I want to tell you the benefits of turning your eyes upon Jesus. The benefit of taking some time where you're quiet, where you're still, where you listen. Far outweighs everything else. It brings an intimacy that you will never experience anywhere else. It brings a self-awareness so you can work through things and acknowledge things in your own life. And it also allows for growth. Where we think, well, there's no point to it. I'm just being quiet. Actually, there's more growth in meditation and silence than anywhere else. And it might not be your cup of tea. It might not be the sort of knife you like to use when you're buttering your bread. But actually, there is benefit to it. You know, Jesus, very often, when you look through the stories about him in the Gospels, it often says that that he looked towards heaven. You know, there's an example in John 17, verse 1, and just the first part of verse 1, when Jesus is praying and, and sort of working through some things as he's preparing and getting ready for his trial and his death. And it says, after Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed. Why did he look towards heaven? Because he was turning his eyes upon upon his father. I believe in taking that moment, he was bringing God into the moment. And I want to encourage you that meditation and turning your eyes upon Jesus isn't necessarily something that we need to do in the quiet of our home. It's something that you can do in a crazy moment where you turn your eyes upon God and you invite him into your moment. You take that moment of quiet, even if it's just two seconds, and invite him into that place. Helen Lemmel 
was born in 1861. She married and then she went blind. And her husband left her because of her blindness. She went on to live to 97 years old. And in that time, she wrote nearly 500 hymns. And she lived alone. She was helped by different people who helped her to compose them and put the music together. And I just love the irony of the words that were written by a blind woman about Jesus. If you can put it on the screen for me, Reuben. You may know the tune. I'm not going to attempt it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When we allow God to grow bigger in our lives, when we take their moments to turn our eyes upon him, then other things get smaller. So if this last week you've been thinking, these mountains are too big, this difficulty is too much, this thing I'm facing soon, I can't cope with it, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. So that's number one. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Number two, focus your prayers. And you can focus your prayer in many, many ways. You can focus your prayer in adoration and look at things that you want to adore God about and say he's fantastic about. You can focus your prayer in things that you want to say thank you to God about, things that you're thankful for. You can focus your prayer with specific things that you want to believe for or pray for. You know, the significance in being thankful and focusing our prayers. Psalm 100 verse 4 says this, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart and into his courts with praise. The significance in thanksgiving, the significance in being specific You know, when we say thank you, I don't know whether you still say thank you, say grace for your food when you eat it. You're just inviting God into that and acknowledging that he's been a part of that. But how often do we actually say thank you for other things that we recognize God at work? God, thank you for my job that I'm going to today. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for my friends. God, thank you for my car. God, thank you for my clothes. That we acknowledge that God is at work in those areas. And as he is, we recognize it's not about us. But actually, it's all about him. You know, standing is a tradition. We talked about standing at the beginning. Standing is a traditional form of prayer of thanksgiving, and it's called the Oran. And it acknowledges the greatness of God. I believe that when we focus our prayers in whatever way, whether it's thankfulness, adoration, specific things that we want to pray for, then we make God bigger in those areas because we do it for longer we spend more time giving thanks we spend more time adoring God we spend more time believing for a specific thing or a specific situation we make God bigger in our circumstances and suddenly it outgrows the negativity that we allow to take root in our lives when we focus on him and make him bigger those things become smaller and smaller You know, that's why Paul and Silas sang hymns in jail, because God had become bigger. That's why it talks in the Bible about rejoicing your suffering, which sounds a ridiculous thing to do, 
But that's because they focus their prayers and they're able to see God in a different way. That's why, like I talked about about a month or so ago, that's why the Chinese church are able, when they're taken, you know, sometimes to the death, they want to pray and believe for the salvation of their captors because they focus their prayers and they're believing for something bigger. It's changed their mindset. It's changed what they believe in the natural and what their feelings say and made them become something even greater than we can be on our own because God has become bigger. Our negativity has been outgrown and the difficulty has become nothing in the sight of God. So focus your prayers. Be specific, be intentional with them and with the things that you do, especially for the season that you face. The third thing that I want to say is pray God's word. You can't go wrong praying the Bible. When you don't know what to pray, when you don't know what to say, when you think, I'm not quite sure which way God wants me to go, then if the Bible's God's word then if we use that as our prayer, we can't go wrong. You know, and there are specific scriptures in the Bible that are easy to use. 1 Chronicles 4.10, the prayer of Jabez. Numbers 6.24-26, the priestly blessing. The Lord's prayer in, in Matthew 6. In Ephesians 1.17, a prayer for growth. There's so many prayers that we can find in the Bible and turn them into prayer and believe for our lives. You know, Jesus overcame in the desert. By saying, it is. If you want to overcome in your life, if you want to break through into ministry from where you've been, if you want to come through the desert, then you need to start learning to pray God's word and use it to believe for breakthrough in your life. It is written. Stand on God's word as you pray. Find those verses in the Bible that coincide with what. If you don't know how to do it, join a small group and ask. If you don't know how to do it, Google is a godsend. Be careful what you look at. Some of it's a bit odd. But it is. There's so many things that you can find in and finding what his word says. He moves. Like I said, we've been on holiday recently. I'm sure some of you have. And Grace and Olivia have an almighty gift to have an ice cream. When we go there, you can have an ice cream. When we've walked there, you can have an ice cream. And at that point, they will say, you said we could have an ice cream when we came here. You said. Well, actually, I did. So as a good parent, what am I going to do? Try and get out of it maybe at first, but buy them an ice cream ultimately. And God, Jesus says, your father in heaven is not a bad parent, just like your earthly parent won't give you a snake or a stone when you ask for bread. So your father in heaven will give you everything you need. So just got it down to a fine art of, you said... Remind God what his word says over your life. And sometimes we have to persist and we have to keep going. And I'll talk about that later. But remind him of his power. And you know, sometimes it's not always necessarily about God moving in the way that you think. But God moves, whether he changes us or whether he changes the city. Pray God's word. The next one, persistent prayer. Have you ever prayed about something, nothing's happened? You should all have your hands up, I'm sure. And what did we say at the beginning? Stand firm then. 
So keep praying, keep asking, keep believing. We've talked about Jesus being the all-sufficient one. He has everything that we need. He can meet all of our needs. Well, if he can do that, then keep asking, keep believing, keep asking, keep believing, keep asking, keep believing, keep asking, keep believing. Persistent prayer. You know, and I think sometimes it's just as much about how much we want it as it is about God giving it to us. So we can be a bit like, I'm going to pray for this until it happens. And then about two days later, we've forgotten about it. Anyone else? This is the best thing you can do in the world. And I want you right now to think about something that you want to pray and believe for this week. It could be for you personally. It could be for family. It could be generally. Just have a think. Everybody got something? Yeah? When you brush your teeth this week, and I appreciate for some of us this might be more often than others, but when you brush your teeth this week, your job is to pray that prayer. Yeah? Promise? Persistent prayer. Every time you brush your teeth, pray that prayer. Every time you wash your hands, again, maybe more often for some than others, say a different prayer. There are ways that you can help yourself. We, I think sometimes we think we should be this wonderful Christian who's, who's like a, a holy, holy monk in the desert places. I've been reading a book about desert monks. And wow, they're interesting people. But we, I think sometimes we feel like we should be that way. And yet God understands how we are and what life is like. But there are ways that we can help ourselves. Every time you brush your teeth, pray that prayer. Every time you wash your hands, Pray the other prayer. Write them on a little piece of paper. Stick them on your mirror. So when you brush your hair, if you've got someone, or just, you know, smooth your head if not, then you can pray that prayer. (laughs) Darling, you're going away for a week. You just need a bit of jip, don't you, really? You know, in Jude 1 verse 20, it says this. But you, beloved... Building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Can I encourage you? Allow the Holy Spirit to work in and through you. Allow him to guide you as you pray. Allow him to help you to persist in your prayer. To keep going, to keep building because faith will grow as you keep believing. It connects you to God. It's either going to take you closer to God or pull you away from him. And if you keep praying and keep believing, then it will take you closer to God. In Gethsemane, we see Jesus go back three times. Jesus, the Son of God, goes back and prays about the same thing three times. God, take this cup away from me. Fear had gripped him. And he was wrestling, and he knew that the only place that he could go towards his future was if he returned back to God. Three times he goes back. The situation didn't change, but Jesus did. I believe he got the peace and the trust and the reassurance that he needed to face what he needed to face with joy and endurance, even though it was difficult. Persistent prayer. Jesus did it. Keep going, keep believing. Keep going back. When fear grips you, when you're wrestling, keep going back, keep taking it back to God. And I believe that it will bring change either to your situation or to your heart. The next one is praying for others and I'm running out of time. 
You know, we can pray for others in many ways. You know, in the Christian world, they call it intercession, which basically means praying on behalf of somebody else, standing in the gap for them, looking out for them, asking for them. Again, Grace and Olivia, well, Olivia perhaps a little bit more, will come and say, oh, Grace needs this. Oh, can we sort this out? And we'll try and fix things for Grace. They'll try and fix things. Do you ever do that? Try and fix something for somebody else with somebody else and try and try and work those things through for other people. And in the same way, it's like going to God and saying, God, I want to pray for this person and believe for them. I want to, I want to pray and stand in the gap for them. In Ezekiel 30, verse 22, it says... I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it but I found no one. I don't know about you but this week I don't want God to find no one to stand in the gap. I want to be attuned to the Holy Spirit so if if he wants to let me know to pray for somebody this week that I do that, that I'm sensitive to when people are telling me about maybe their work or their relationship, what's going on, that I remember to stand in the gap for them and pray for them this week. You know, maybe that could be the thing you do when you're brushing your teeth, is pray for other people. You know, and sometimes we have to pray until those burdens lift. And sometimes that doesn't happen all in one go. And we go back, we go back to that persistent prayer and pray again and believe again and stand in the gap again for our family, for our neighbours. You know, as, as we're looking at this week with the armour of God and, and spiritual warfare comes into that and, and praying against things that try and come and do and, and just cause difficulty in this world, that we can stand in the gap and pray and believe for situations around this world, for things that are going on, for things that the enemy would try and do to cause difficulty. And prayer is that seventh piece of the armour of God about the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and the shoes of the gospel of peace and the sword and the, and the shields. But prayer is there too. Praying on all occasions with all sorts of prayers. Prayer is the seventh piece of the armour of God. I want to read to you as we look to conclude a quote from Priscilla Shirey about spiritual warfare and about praying. It says this, Everything that occurs in the visible, physical world is directly connected to the wrestling match being waged in the invisible, spiritual world. The effects of the war going on in the unseen world reveal themselves in our damaged relationships, emotional instability, mental fatigue, physical exhaustion and many other areas of life. Many of us feel pinned down by anger, unforgiveness, pride, comparisons, insecurity, discord, fear, and the list goes on. But the overarching primary nemesis behind all these outcomes is the devil himself. And we need to understand when we pray that we're not just saying a nice prayer to God and everything's rosy, but that we're actually stepping out and waging war on behalf of other people. We're stepping out and saying, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. I'm not going to believe for that anymore in my community. I don't want that anymore in my life. I don't want that anymore for my family, in my job. And as we do that, we come against those things, those dark things and those difficult things that want to push us down and hold us down. And you know, there are times when we can blame everything on the devil. And I don't believe everything is. So be careful. Be careful with your thinking. Because sometimes it's life. And it's the fall and it is the world that we live in.
But there are times also that we need to understand and recognise what is going on around us. And if you're a bit confused this morning, because I can't say a great deal about it, don't go away confused. Come and speak to one of us. Speak to someone in your small group. Hopefully, the devotions we do will help. But ask those questions. Don't go away confused by what I'm saying. But God wants us to pray for others. God wants us to stand in the gap. God wants us to stand up in this world against the dark things and the difficult things and the wrong thing and the evil that exists in this world too. And he asks us to do it by praying and believing and standing. The last thing I'm going to say to you very quickly is about fasting. Obviously, this week is about prayer and fasting. And you'll find on our website, there's a lot of information about different sorts of fasting and practicality. So if you've never fasted before, again, come and speak to somebody. But there is information on the website about fasting and how you can do that as well. But I believe fasting is really important. And I want to challenge you this morning, if you've never fasted before... And it doesn't necessarily mean all of your food. It doesn't necessarily mean food in general. It can be many different things. But if you've never fasted, I want you to consider fasting this week. Maybe only one day. Maybe all week, but just doing one thing. Because I believe that fasting is the powerhouse of prayer. Jesus said to his disciples when they couldn't cast out an evil spirit from someone, it's because this sort only comes out with prayer and fasting. If fasting is something that breaks things that nothing else can, then surely if we're standing and believing that we are the army of God, that we are the people who can make a difference in this world, then surely we need to look to bring fasting into our daily disciplines, into our yearly disciplines. And that's why we do fasting twice a year as a church, because we really believe it's important. It helps to focus us, it helps us with submission and self-control, and it helps us to recognise that actually... It's nothing to do with me. It's nothing to do with my ability to pray a good prayer or not. But actually, it's to do with God. Richard Foster says this. More than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Anyone fancy fasting this week? You know... People don't talk about prayer and fasting. People don't do prayer and fasting because actually it deals with the deep things in our lives first and foremost. But I believe and we believe that prayer is key and really important. And we want to encourage you and challenge you to step up and do new things in your prayer life. To fast if you've never fasted before because we honestly and truly believe that it is the powerhouse where things can break and things can happen. If we want to see this place full, if we want to see lives changed, if we want to see miracles, if we want to see salvations, if we want to see breakthrough, if we want to see lives transformed beyond recognition, if you want to see your family and your friends come to Jesus, if you want to see change at work, if you want to see people being revived in a way that they never have before, we need to pray. And we need to fast. And so there are many things that we can do over the course of this next week. We can turn our eyes upon Jesus. We can focus our prayers. We can pray God's word. We can be persistent in our prayers. We can make sure we pray for others and we can fast. And I believe as we find out more about prayer, it helps us to pray and it helps us to believe I want to read to you from Ephesians 6 verse 13 again. 
I've already read it to you from the NIV and from the Amplified. I want to conclude by reading it from the message. It says this, Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. So that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. I want to invite you to stand. If you're at home, I want to invite you to stand. I want to pray for you this morning. That as we embark on a week of prayer and fasting, that when it's all over but the shouting, when you spent the week in your dark days looking to heaven, when you've allowed God to grow bigger in your life and you've built that relationship, when you've discovered that you're on a place of solid ground because of his word, that in that place you will still be standing and still be believing. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you sent the Holy Spirit to be our guide. I thank you that Jesus taught us how to pray. I thank you that you don't leave us alone in this place, but you stand with us. God, and we stand together and believe this morning as we spend time praying and fasting this week that we will see lives changed, that we will see breakthrough, that we will see miracles, that we will see new things happening. God, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you are for us. God, I pray that this week that we would turn our eyes upon Jesus, that we would look full in his wonderful face and that the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Amen.